0: I am tearing up.
1: <laughs> it's just I about it. screamed right now, and I'm not even there. <laughs> now that's inspirational, Natalie. <laughs> I feel inspired today. Two I could be here for another no. hour. Yeah, I always go. He winds up homeless on the street. It's my fault. I
2: don't know what got into my head, but I thought I thought this thought. You know, if I'm working year round, I might as well get paid year round. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Talk
0: is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education and Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and subscribe today. Now, it's time to get started
1: with Sweet Talk.
0: Good morning, and welcome to Sweet Talk, our weekly podcast with Continuing Education and Workforce Training Idaho State University you'll notice one thing different today Paul Dickey our uh, regular host is out he is on assignment today so I am joined by Shirley in our office who's actually been here I believe longer than anyone else in our department and we are thank you how are you today Shirley I'm fine and Shirley we have two guests with us today we have Kendall Gray and Dave Anderson they are with local 648 how are you gentlemen today
2: Doing very well, thank you. We're doing fine, thank you.
0: Can you uh, introduce yourselves and tell us just a, a little bit about what you do?
2: I'm uh, David Anderson. I'm the business manager, financial secretary for the United Association Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Six Forty Eight. Uh, basically, what I do is I handle all the business for the local. Uh, I do contracts. I work with uh, Department of Education, Department of Labor. Uh, I do political action at the Capitol building. I work with the Department of Energy. Uh, anything that does with our contracts, uh, I'm the guy that does it. I also run the hall, and I'm responsible for dispatching individuals to jobs. We have a pool of contractors that we pull from that when they need somebody, they call me and I provide a manpower. That's pretty much it in a nutshell.
1: All right, my name is Kendall Gray. I am the current training coordinator for Eastern Idaho JATC, which is associated with Local 648. Um, So we are the Eastern Idaho JATC of plumbers and pipe fitters. Um, There is a uh, sister to us, which is in Boise, which is the Southwest JATC, but we are the Eastern Idaho JATC. And we provide apprentices to Local 648.
0: Well, okay, that brings me to my next question. For the eastern, uh, southeastern region of Idaho, what area specifically do you guys cover?
2: Our jurisdiction covers from Minidoka, uh, Minidoka and Cashew County lines to Twin Falls and Jerome County, all the way up to Salmon, all the way to the Montana border, Wyoming border, and Utah border. So it's all southeast central Idaho.
0: And then how does that work on the national level? For apprenticeships. Does each state kind of have their own uh, sections?
2: Yes, they, they're they tied in with jurisdictions of locals. Each local, and there's 200, 271 locals in the United States, uh, each has their own geographical jurisdiction. Idaho has three jurisdictions, local 648 for us in southeast central Idaho, local 296 southwest central Idaho and part of Oregon, and local 44 out of Spokane, which takes in the panhandle all the way from Granger all the way up to the Canadian border. So each local has a JTC with them that they supply manpower and train uh, individuals as an apprentice.
0: And then how many members do you guys have?
2: Currently, we have a membership of 442. Uh,
0: And so I'm going to ask Shirley a question before I get into the next one. Shirley has been with us. For an incredibly long time, um, and you guys, of course, we run apprenticeship programs through continuing education and workforce training. Shirley, can you tell us just a little bit about the history of, or uh, the history of apprenticeships with continuing education?
3: Well, when I was going to school and working in the department as a work study um, in the evenings, we had the apprentices come in, and I was responsible for, for collecting all the paperwork that we needed from them. So that's been over 20 years that uh, that apprentices have been here at ISU. And I know it's been longer than that um, because they were still, I mean, it wasn't new when I was a work-study student. So it's been here for a long time.
0: Yep. So that tells you how long Shirley's been with us, quite a long time. Uh, Kendall and Dave, can you talk a little bit about the classes um, here at Idaho State University's continuing education?
1: So the ones that we offer here at our... Uh, apprenticeship school? Correct. Right. So we offer everything to do with the pipe fitting industry. So um, it is a very vast industry. It doesn't sound like it is, but there's an awful lot of classes involved in teaching that industry. Um, I I know we only have 20 minutes, so I'll keep it brief then Um, (laughs) because we got a lot. So we we touch on welding, obviously, everything to do with plumbing, obviously. So we have plumbing courses, one, two, and three, uh, all the way to fourth years Um, to keep up with the state regulations. We are tied to the state for um, one of the few um, schools in the state of Idaho that a plumber can get their plumbing license through our facility. Um, We also teach uh, labor history. We teach uh, financial literacy for the apprentices. That has been becoming more and more apparently abundantly important to the apprentices because we get a lot of guys that get into our industry and end up making more money than they ever have in their whole life and they don't spend it wisely. And so we have to teach them financial literacy. That is one thing that we've really um, stepped up our game on I think in the last four or five years. Um, Also, uh, as far as welding goes, um, pipe fitters, uh, if you guys know, you guys do have a very good welding program up there at ISU and I'll take nothing away from that. But pipe welders, are the cream of the crop when it comes to welding. So we do teach welding here and we're very, very heavily involved in a welding program and not just in our local level, but our welding program is on a national level. What that means if individuals come to our program and earn certifications, those are national certifications they can take with them around the country. So, it's a very, very cool thing that we have and we offer here. Um, we also offer orbital welding for a lot of the chip plant stuff that's going on. Microchip plant is what I was getting at. Um, I'm sure everyone over there has heard about all the money that Micron has gotten up there in Boise and that big giant facility you're going to be building up there. Um, that is specialized equipment that it takes to do that kind of work. And we train that here. Um, we also train a, a vast array of safety. Um, safety is Uh, the utmost important in construction now, especially heavy industrial construction that we specialize in. Um, As far as safety goes, we have the regular OSHA classes that you guys can all sure I'm aware of and and have a love for at this point, I guess, or a love-hate relationship with OSHA. And then we also teach a basic rigging and advanced rigging, which is very, very important for what we do for a living and other various kinds of safety courses that way. Because what comes into our program because of the way that we interview, um, we get a vast array of skill sets that come into our program. So all of our classes have to be set up for we have people that come in that have, you know, never held a tape measure in their life. And we also have people coming in that already have been in the construction industry for three, four years. So we our classes are set up that we can accommodate that vast array of skill sets into our classes. Um, Let's see. What am I missing? Any of them? Uh, or bin classes? Oh yes, we we also touch on CAD and technology. That's a big area. Obviously, look at us right now having a meeting not face to face and on and on Zoom and a podcast. It's 2022. Um, so to not talk about technology and trades would would be crazy. That it's just how it works and how it's going to happen. So we do teach CAD bin now. We're getting away from AutoCAD and we teach mostly just Revit here. Um, We also do have total station classes or Trimble, if you guys know what those are, which is robotic uh, layout. We teach that here as well.
0: So now what types of jobs would apprenticeships through your program uh, look forward to?
1: So the way it works is because we're tied to a local and um, most people don't understand how a union hall works. And the union hall is a hiring hall. OK, so the union provides the contractors a list of qualified and certified applicants, right? Or people, if they would, with a list. Same thing with our apprentices. Our apprentices um, will be called out to an employer as they need them, right? So there's not a hiring procedure once you're in the program. It's they is a procedure with the local, but not necessarily you're going to interview for each individual company you're going to. Um, So as an apprentice, you get sent out to a company as they need you. Um, And right now we're running what? Employment rate for our apprentices, I would want to say it's 95%. Yes,
2: I'd say 95%. We're about 95%
1: employment on our current apprentices, which I'm assuming we're going to hit 100% within a month.
2: Yeah, we have 35 apprentices in our program right now, and only four are not working. And we just- and then they
1: do pipe fitting.
2: Yes, if it's got a hole in it and ground got a hole, that's what we do.
1: So uh, pipe fitting, plumbing, and HVAC, all of our apprentices take all the applicable classes for all three um, trade-specific uh, um, areas. Um, and it all matters, I guess it's kind of luck of the draw of how they are placed on the list of what employer they end up going to. Um, We found that not forcing the apprentice to say, you're going to a welding pipe fitting contractor, you're just going to a plumbing contractor ends up making a more well-rounded journeyman in the end. Um, They end up working for multiple employers that they see multiple um, different aspects of the job, if you would. Okay.
0: So So that makes sense that that's a little bit different than the apprenticeship programs we have, where typically our apprenticeships uh, have a job as they're going into our program. Right. And then Shirley, I think you had a question.
3: Yeah. So when when they work for you and they go out to these jobs, is there a penalty if they hire on with that particular employer? Like I used to work for Kelly Girls, and I know that if we hired on with a company that we temp for, there was a penalty to the company.
1: So no, the way way it works is that they don't there's there's no penalty involved no, in our, any of that
2: our contractors are signed with a contract with us okay. we apply manpower directly to them uh, so when they need somebody they go right to work for them and okay. when they're done with them they lay them off they come back to our hall sign a list for the next job the oh, so okay. list is continually, continually. moving okay. so some no. contractors keep them for 20 years cool because uh. that's so mm-hmm. how
3: does an individual get into the training with your
1: group? Let's so, say there's you an app- yeah, so there's an application process to become an apprentice with us. Um, and just like any other apprenticeship, which I'm sure you guys are aware of, you're kind of regulated by Department of Labor. And, you know, I'm sure all of you in there, if you deal with apprentices, know what Rapid System is and all that fun stuff. Um, so based on our standards and our um, selection procedures is how we bring someone into our program. So, they have to fill out an application that's first and foremost. And we have some um, basic requirements on our applications, such as, um, and I've, I've seen them so much, I can just name them off. Um, you got to be 18 years of older, you got to have a GED or high school transcripts, which means you've got to graduate high school or have a GED equivalent. And you have to have a birth certificate and some sort of a, a state ID so we can um, guarantee our certified citizenship so you can actually go work for a company and then the other one that we have is if you're prior military we need your dd 214 which is pretty standard across the board so those are our minimum standards to be able to get interviewed with us so there's not much there right um there's not and there are bare minimum standards um once they've interviewed with us based on their interview they receive a score uh, and based on that square of the venue is how they're placed on, and again, we, we talk lists a lot. So we are placed on a applicant ranked list. As we need new apprentices in our program, which we pull apprentices from that year round, uh, as we need to fill the spots in our program, we will pull them off of that in the order that they are. Now our applicant ranked list is a moving target. We call it a live document. So as we interview more people, your spot may change. They are informed by mail um, by where their spot was, you know, according with our standards. Um, but we also tell them in the letter that they receive that this um, is subject to change because you can interview somebody and it could bump them down. You could interview somebody, and could bump them up. Right. And as people get pulled off the list, their number accordingly goes up or down because of that. Um, and so we're interviewing year round. We're always bringing new people in and out. And we're actively pulling people off that yes list year-round.
3: And what's the cost for the program?
1: Our cost to the apprentice is nothing. It is okay. their time. Okay. There is no cost to our program.
0: And, and then where? Good. Yeah, where are your programs located? If someone was looking to uh, this so from
1: you. For someone to apply for our program, they have to apply at the local office, which is located in the Pocatello Labor Temple, which is right close kitty quarter to Pocatello High School um, on Arthur. And the address is 456 North Arthur in Pocatello. We're in number four. And then the local has been in that location for uh, forever. (laughs) I want to say since the fifties, that's been our office. So we've been there a long time. Our school, which is where we're sitting at right now, or one of our main, our, our big classrooms at our facility is located in Blackfoot. And the address there is 190 Wilson Avenue.
0: So I have one question. Can you talk a little bit about the difference? Because of course we have apprenticeship programs here for HVAC electrical and uh, and plumbing. Can you talk a little about the differences between your apprenticeship versus uh, something that's like ours that's attached to uh, a continuing
1: education program? Yeah, and I hope I don't offend anybody. Oh no. (laughs) The, the way our, our program works is the state requires um, for an HVAC and plumbing, they're very, very similar, and I can't say free electrical because I'm not an electrical okay? about 140 hours. I think it's 144 to be exact, is what how much classroom time they are supposed to have per year, the apprentice. And then they have to have 2,000 hours a year of work experience, right? So for a plumber to turn out in the state of Idaho, they need 8,000 hours, which is basically four years of work experience. And- the four years of schooling. Our schooling is right around 260 hours a year because we don't just turn out somebody as a plumber. Our program is five years. Our program turns out somebody as a pipe fitter with a plumbing license, right? So there's a little bit more schooling involved there. Um, we do have the option if somebody just wants to be a plumber that they can, you know, cut those hours down and just do the bare minimum the state requires just to be a plumber. But in our area, for our jurisdiction and our work scope, it, they're way more employable if they do the other skill sets And for an employer, right? Um, and that's kind of the name of the game. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it yourselves that you have people that are in multiple apprenticeships. Um, the more certifications and things that you have nowadays, the more employable and the more um, lucrative your job options are to an employer. Um, and essentially, the more money you can make. Uh, so nothing's different in that regard from us and you. Um, the other thing that's different is we don't have a tuition cost. Um, that tuition cost is paid for in the contracts that we have with our contractors by the contractors themselves, right? We have a collective bargaining agreement with our contractors and set aside in that collective bargaining agreement is, um, monies that those employees working for those contractors get set aside as they work every hour for that contractor in those agreements. So that's how our classes are paid for. It doesn't come out of the wages of the apprentice, while they're working. Um, one difference is though, why our apprentices are working our pay scales, which are very, very regulated through us, um, are pretty easily defined. Um, And that's something that you probably don't see. And I'm going to say in the non unit world, we'll just call it the other sector. Um, They don't really define a period apprentice. Um, So basically you would have an apprentice with us, which has 10 terms every six months, they get an upgrade, right? It's the same way the state set up with the plumbing apprentices. Every six months, they move up a term, if you would, if you use rapids or any of those kind of systems. You know what I'm talking about there. Um, but their pay doesn't increase. Our apprentices get paid in it. Um, get pay raises of five percent every six months, as long as they're doing the schoolwork and following along. So those are some of the major differences I would see. Um, would be that our apprentices tend to have more opportunities in our specific field for advancement, I guess, versus a traditional apprenticeship at say a college. Hey, now, is there? Go ahead, Shirley.
3: Now, if they're going to your program let's say year two, do they have to be employed in order to go to school?
1: So no, um, all along as they're continually signed up in our program and actively looking for work, which means they're in good standing with the local, right? That is the regulations with the Department of Labor. So they have to be in good standing with the union hall, which is why we're partnered with the union hall, right? So that is the catch. Um, as you've seen before with the state, run programs and a university room program, they highly recommend that you are employed, right? So how many of your apprentices are not employed by an employer, okay, that almost none because that doesn't work that way. Um, so with us, our guys are actively looking for work with another employer. We have some jobs that last two weeks. We also have some jobs that last 20 years. It's just what the employer needs, right? So as that happens, and that's a rotating, constantly rotating list, it would, um, we've been approached by the Department of Labor. Say, how come you're not doing this? How come you're not informing us every time they lose a job? And, and it's across the nation. This is how most of the apprentices programs run in the country is it would be unfathomable amount of paperwork for us and the, the Department of Labor for us to let inform them every time an apprentice was unemployed for three, four days, and then reemployed it in the next week. Mm-hmm. Right. But as long as they're in good standing in our program, the state does not require us to notify them of that.
2: We also have opportunities that if work is slow in our jurisdiction, we can send apprentices to other jurisdictions like Boise. So if we're really slow and Micron's going crazy or Chobani foods, for instance, Chobani's not in our jurisdiction, but we have apprentices working over there. Uh, so we have that flexibility of, of using a national network, so to speak, to keep our apprentices employed.
0: Okay, so we only have a couple of seconds here left, so uh, we'll just keep on until we wrap up. There, uh, thank you, both of you gentlemen, so much for being on. If somebody is interested in contacting you to uh, join your apprenticeship program, how would they do that?
1: So they could call our office and the phone number of our office is 208-232-6806. And we can direct them from there. They could email me, which I could put in the comments here and I could link that. Uh, Or they could just walk into our office in Pocatello, which is at the Pocatello Labor Temple. And the the address there again is 456 North Arthur, Pocatello, Idaho, 83201. And we can direct them from there. 82204. (laughs)
0: Well, thank you both so much. It's been so interesting learning the difference between your apprenticeship and ours. I believe that it gives people a choice of where they go. It gives them a good opportunity to look at what is best for them. So thank you both for joining us. If you're interested in contacting us here at SWEET, you can do so at cetrain.isu.edu. Um, and again, thank you uh, very much to both uh, Kendall and Dave as well as Shirley for uh, joining us today on our podcast. Uh, be safe out there. Thank you so thank much. You. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank
2: you. Bye.